He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 106 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. As always, I'm James Richardson. I'm joined with Barry O'Hanrahan. Hey, Barry. Hey, James. And uh, sorry we missed last week. Just one thing led to another, and unfortunately, uh, my work and Barry's didn't quite link up, so we apologise. But uh, we will cover everything this week uh, from the last two weeks of the golfing world. And we'll preview next week's competitions. If you'd like to get in contact with us, the Twitter handle is at PodcastGTS. And our email is a goodtalkspoiled at gmail.com. Thanks a million for all the feedback that we've had over the last couple of weeks. And uh, hopefully we'll touch on a few points that people have been making through Twitter over the course of the, the, the next hour. So I suppose, Barry, uh, we're not going to go back over two weeks of our own games. But uh, mm-hmm. we might just highlight a couple of things um i suppose uh from my perspective i had the first round of my match play on monday which was yesterday and uh after being eight over after four holes um i ended up being two over for the last 10 i went from four down to two up and won it which was great um that's uh, a serious comeback yeah and it, it the, do you know what the worst thing about it is I was giving the guy 11 shots and like the conditions weren't great. It was very, very windy. And cold and, as well. Like, and it was, it was northerly wind yesterday. And I was trying to ignore that and just play golf. And I was like, I, I don't have to beat this guy. I just have to play. If I play as well as I can, mm. I, I, I should win this game because that's the handicaps. Um, but uh, like when he's not a long hitter and he's not a, a high hitter. So, like, he kind of kicked a few around the course, keeping it strategically under the wind, um, which helped. But uh, every couple of minutes when you're giving him, you know, every second hole, I think, practically, even Mm. worse than that, I was giving him a shot and then another shot. I was like, man, this is, like, killing me. It wears on you, doesn't it? So, like, I was trying my best. Like, I was delighted to come back. I knew... Even when I got to the turn and I was three down on the 10th tee, I was like, I can still easily win this because there was just a part of me that kind of went, he can't keep holding 12 footers for like par, you know, because we might be both in and five and he was winning because he had the shot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was tough, but it was nice to get through the round and hopefully it will, uh, it will, it will go forward. I think anybody who has been following us on game golf knows that I've played a good few times over the last couple of weeks so um, a few people have been pointing out that they get the preview of how what we're going to be talking about each week at the moment so if you're not on game golf get onto it because uh, you'll have a good laugh at some of the things that uh, we've opened ourselves up for a world of pain well but it's good it'll, it'll end up being good because with all the analysis and the stats it'll give us something to focus it'll give us specific things to focus on to help our games get better so but do you know what amazes me is that there's times where I've hit tee shots and I thought geez that's a really good tee shot you know and, mm. and you get down and you're really happy with it and you kind of and then when you come in off the round you're going 
I need to go back to that that fifth tee shot to see because that was ooh, that was a lot. That was big. That was big. Yeah. And then it's like two thirty, and you're kind of going, "Okay, it wasn't that big." <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, my my what I believed average drives of kind of two fifty five ish are not two fifty five. No, it's <laughs> um, uh, it's a bit of an eye opener. So we've uh, Game Golf have kind of partnered up with us to give us. Game Golf Live systems, and we're going to be well using that to talk about our stats and you know show what the system can do for everybody else out there, or just even just to show what stats can do, which is a great thing in Game Golf. Um, they're one of the best out there. They won a they won an award there yesterday. I have to just get the specific one. But um, I yeah, speaking of your driving distance, some of the holes they're just staggering. Uh, it's it's kind of scary. Like the thirteenth, you hit I hit an okay drive. I thought I hit it pretty well, and it only goes two thirteen on the fifth. I hit prob- probably my best drive of the day. You know, came out of the middle, was really happy with it. Good ball flight, didn't move too much in the air, and I thought, yeah, that's grand. That's down three hundred yards. No, it was two eighty. So it's a, it's a real eye opener. And um, are you looking at my round? I am, yeah. But yeah. I, um, I, I had to kill a couple of holes because I had a few scratches the other day. Uh, I was a little bit hungover. And, uh, and that's why you're 12 over no, no, through 15 yeah. holes. I was like... I was a little bit hungover. I'm not feeling the best on the day. And, you were uh, playing pretty shit, to be honest. I was playing pretty, yeah, shit. pretty shit. There were a few good shots, but there was a lot of yeah, shit in there as well. A few and far between. Better than none. So, um, anyway, I'm really looking forward to getting a few rounds under the belt, literally under the belt, because that's where the tag system sits. It's quite nice, actually. It's discreet, isn't it? Just it's not big and in the way or anything like that at all. I in the in the match play yesterday on the fifth hole, I hit an absolute stonker of a drive, and the wind was right behind my back, and I yeah. was like, "This is going to help my average yards." Yeah. <laughs> Got up. 327. Oh, that's good. That, <laughs> I was like, that's what I like. That'll make up for a couple of those 210s into the wind. Oh, yeah. There was, a, there was another one, I think, at 305, I think, on the 8th. Oh, um, excellent. So there was a, those moments where I got off the course yesterday and I was looking at it. I went, yay! <laughs> nice. I don't care about the rest. Uh, but it's really interesting because I was looking at mine and I really have to get my uh, greens and regulations up. That That's, for me, clearly where, like, when I'm looking at other guys who are much, much lower handicaps, you can see that their greener regulations are 35, 40, 45%. Uh, so, yeah, get on to Game Golf. Have a, um, you can use download the app. You can use it without the tags. Um, so there's no excuse. It also doubles as a rangefinder, a GPS rangefinder. So, uh, it's a very neat clean looking rangefinder on the screen isn't it uh, it really is and uh i suppose that's uh that's the great thing so look uh we'll be we'll be on game golf now for the next year or so anybody who wants the preview of how we get to play over the next couple of weeks Here, uh, you'll find it on here, there. here's a quick start i've held back because just for the right moment to pull it out as you're talking about greens and regulation and long game so i'm going to read the quote here i think i found it on twitter in fact, long driving and iron play turn out to be more important. This is than putting. Mark Brody illustrates this with a startling example. He says, If a low handicap golfer had Tiger Woods do all of the putting, the game would be about 2.2 shots per round. But having him hit all shots over 100 yards would lower the score by about 9.3 shots per round. So that kind of throws just shit all over the you know short game and things like that. If, if, you're, if your long game tidies up and makes the short game or what you face in the short game an awful lot easier and then you can, you know, it'll, it'll make 
your up and downs a lot easier. So it's uh, it's amazing what's coming out with this with the stats, particularly from this uh, from Professor Brody. Uh, always fascinating to read what he comes up with from the stats he gets on tour. Yeah, well, it's no, it's 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 a great system because it does tell you kind of it gives you more information. Like when you come off the course, the 18th hole will be so much about how much you remember. And then all of a sudden, when you start looking back, you kind of go, geez, you know what? I played that hole really well. And mm. you don't really think back that far, you know. So it is it is great to see that. And also, it points out to you where you should aim uh, towards improvement. So I was, I'm up with Mark tomorrow night and I, uh, I, I sent him towards, I sent him a screenshot of kind of the last few rounds. So he was like, that's grand. Okay, so looks like we know what we're going to work on for the next couple of days and See if we can lower the numbers again and again. That's brilliant. Really good. So um, it's probably a good time to do the competition then. Well, that's I was going to say, Barry. Outline the competition through game golf. What uh, what people can win and how they can enter. They gave us a pretty cool prize uh, to give away to one one listener. Um, we have a game golf live system. That's their brand new top of the range system. And that's signed by Graham McDowell. And they also have a Game Golf shirt signed by Graham McDowell. So you can frame the shirt or you can wear the shirt. Well, yeah, you can do whatever you want with the shirt. But uh, mostly you should be playing with the system when you win it. So to get involved and get your name into the draw, what you need to do is to upload a round to Game Golf. Now, just to make sure you don't need a Game Golf system to do this, you can sign up to the app and manually input your round yourself. Like you did, yeah, I did it a few weeks. weeks. Yeah, it was great. And it's pretty, it's really quick to do. So and it's I, not, it's not too stressful. You don't even have to do it on the round. You can do it after the round. Just yeah. sit down and just tap, tap in the shots. And the other, the other great thing is, as I say, it's it's a rangefinder as well. So mm-hmm. you know, you have you have the the front, middle, and back of the green on each hole. So uh, kind of works on both levels that you're you're not slowing up the round in any way. Yeah. So whether if you have a system or if you don't have a system everybody's eligible you just got to upload around to our challenge it's called a, uh, a good talk spoiled golf podcast challenge you have to get it upload around to that and then you have to send a tweet to in, over your round like send a screenshot of it to include at podcast gts and at game golf the tweet's really important no tweet no entry so upload the round get the tweet in and entries close this monday isn't it yeah we went went till the monday the second so you have this weekend to get a round in Plenty of time. Loads of time to play. Even even if it's a nine-hole round, just get it in. And it's not about the best score. It's just get a score in. It's participation. So uh, good luck, everybody. Any all, questions, all hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, they're, and they're on they're on the Game Golf, on the channel, channel challenge. Uh, they're on our section, channel on so Game Golf. They're on our they channel. Are, yeah. We have a channel there now. So, yeah, uh, get involved with any questions. Hit us up on Twitter and we'll, so, we'll help um, you out. Tiger uh, is eligible. Into before you know we just need to get him to tweet because he's played nine holes this week and uh, he was out playing um, the Blue Jack oh the Ju- Blue Jack National in Montgomery in Texas um, it's one of his first course designs to open in the US and uh, after a brief warm up session in front of club members and se- several media members Woods played a casual five holes alongside a friend and the Blue Jack ambassador Mark O'Meara. And I suppose this has really kind of started to fuel the flames because he's also put his name in for the U.S. Open. Um, it's kind of a procedural entry. You had to you had to kind of put his name in. Yeah, but it's it's definitely it's starting to to look. You know, he last week and um, we were weren't here, but we would have been talking about the fact that he was down at the with the kids hitting a few drives. So we're 
we're now back at the point where he's not just chipping and putting. You know, we've we've obviously moved through the the, the clubs and the bag at this stage. But, so we've uh, gone quickly from that uh, one video we saw of him hitting the nine iron into his virtual range driving bay in his restaurant there. It can only have been six or seven weeks ago. Yeah, and look, he looks uh, he 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 looks in good shape. To be fair, he, you know, he's he's always been a guy who I think even when he's been injured, still does a lot of fitness work to, mm. to maintain the recovery. So um, he he doesn't look out of shape. I suppose the the real question, Barry, is that you know there's no talk that in May we might see him at a couple of events, um, possibly the players um, is one, and I suppose the question is you know. And what everybody's talking about, if he comes back, what do you think is a success for him at this point in time? Is it something that you just want to see him play a few competitive rounds, 36 holes, even if he doesn't make the cut, doesn't matter, just back in the course? Or is it trying to get him back playing week after week after week? I don't think there's that many. There's not that many golfers out in the tour that pound week after week after week anymore. Like they, they're very selective about how many weeks in a row they'll play, and he he might come back and put two weeks to you know put two weeks together back two tournaments together back to back weeks. But he's gonna have, he's gonna be really careful this time. He says he's gonna be really careful. So, and it's probably the only way for him to try to maximize the chance of having a long term return without you know without getting any further injuries. So. Um, a successful comeback the first cut made make his first cut get through the weekend with a couple of okay rounds maybe get into a top 20 if he's in around the top 10 superb brilliant but that's that's, that's his goal for the first week is make the cut I mean as competitive as he is that has to be it make the cut and go from there and then uh, build on that yeah it's funny I'm not actually even sure that he'd want to make the cut to be honest I I personally think that Mm -hmm. he might look at you know, two competitive rounds, he'll have played probably two practice rounds before that. So that's probably the guts of, you know, three to four rounds, depending on how much he, he plays in the practice mm-hmm. rounds. Um, and I actually think he might take a week off. That would be to see how the body recovers. Sure, sure, and yeah. then come back two weeks after that and do two weeks at that stage just to, to kind of ease it back in. But I just wonder, from my perspective, what I'd love to see, because I don't think, you know, the, the, the long game will be there and... To me, his big strength mm. was putting, and that seemed to have really the been chipping lost. And putting, the yeah. chipping and putting, but particularly the putting. Like this was a guy who could hold the impossible, dare I say, it, the Jordan Spieth type uh, putting, mm. where in events at crunch moments he happened to make that forty footer that was for the eagle. So I'd like to see him do that. I'd like to see him come back and actually not necessarily pound at three hundred and twenty-five yards or four hundred yards, just putt really well chip mm. really well and get those demons away and then just go the rounds just one round two rounds then go to three four you know to, mm. to just play himself in like he's sure he's ranked what 400th in the world like he's a long way to go doesn't yeah yeah but you want like you wonder what the timeline is in terms of him building up his just his golf fitness to get up to a week where he could play six rounds in a week because effectively you are playing six rounds when you do you know your practice round if he plays the pro-am then you've got your four tournament rounds. I mean, he's only just after playing nine holes for the first time there. So you wonder what's next week. That we know of. Yeah, that we know of. Yeah, sorry, that's been released. I mean, does next week does he play, you know, 12 holes on a day? Then does he move to 15 holes on a day? When when does he get to a stage when he's playing two consecutive days in a row on the golf course? 
Yeah, one, it's, it's going to be very six, interesting. Is it a six, eight week run-in for him to get up to a full week of golf fitness, you know, to be able to play a full week of golf? Well, this is, is, this is make or break for this guy, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Not about, you know, him in the game, because that's, that's no. etched in history at this stage. But I mean, for, for him, he'd nearly be better taking his time. You know, he's, oh, yeah. he's got so much money, he's got to put the right people around him. Mm. They've got to, and this is, at the moment, the first bit is actually just fitness, pure fitness. The ability to actually play and put the demands on his body to play at the level that he needs to play at. And then it's about not crumbling under the, the, the pressure of the, the competitions and everybody analysing every bad swing or every duff shot or every... And that he's mentally strong enough to ignore that mm. um, and have the right people around him to say, look, take this week off. You need to, you know, that back needs. And also maybe to, to stop thinking he's a miracle worker and not taking shots on that, you know, that he can't do at the level. You know, yeah. maybe he needs to realise that he's not going to play at at the same game that the younger lads have. And he needs to adapt a little bit to, to maybe be a bit smarter, a bit more clever about the way he plays the game. To re strategize the way he plays golf almost. Because he can't hit the shots that some of these guys hit. He, he physically can't. If he do- but if also he not, not, to, not he being, you know, not, not put it, you know, sometimes saying, okay, look, it's a bad lie. I'm not going to risk popping my shoulder here or doing something, you know, taking the drop, going back, saying, look, mm. you know, but uh, if I was him, I'd, I'd just ring Miguel Angel Jimenez and just say to him, like, how does he do it? How does he fit that? And, you know, Gary Player and him, there's your perfect, you know, warm up buddies, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll have him in the gym doing 10,000 sit ups. It's perfect. <laughs> Talking about Gary Player, he's been on a good rant this week. Um, you segued yourself. That's very impressive. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's like a true professional, Barry. Uh, he has been talking about how um, disappointed he is, I suppose, that a lot of the big-name players are starting to pull out and withdraw from playing the Olympics, that they just simply don't, don't have the interest in it. They're not going to it. A couple of weeks ago, they, they formally opened the, the golf course in Rio. And uh, the RNA and the US PGA offered an all-expenses trip mm-hmm. for any players that wanted to take it in the top, I think it was 20 or something in the world. Not one of them took it up. They were getting charter flights, accommodation, everything they wanted. And all they had to do was basically play a exhibition game Mm -hmm. and Paul McGinney was the highest name player that went and they pretty much had to have like some of the the Brazilian lads who are coming through yeah so they can't get them there it's going to be difficult on the 11th of August I think it is to uh, to get down there there's only a few special events that these guys will make a a pre-tournament visit to Augusta is one a US Open venue is one an open championship venue might be another, but there's not many weeks, there's not many times in a year that they'll go to a, an event or a course weeks or months in advance of a tournament. But I suppose this, the, the, this the story just, that Gary is yeah. saying is, look, Adam Scott has pulled out, Louis Eustace has pulled out, okay, BJ saying, you know, has pulled out, but they don't, they're not making themselves Charles eligible Schwartz for... pulled out. Um, so, like, it um, is, it is that it's... I, I just wonder, you know, it's it, it may be the one and only time, you know, that this is in, in it. And I just think that if I was a Rory or if I was a, an Adam Scott or somebody like that, mm. to be able to go to an Olympics and possibly having a... Because there'll, be, there'll only be three medals, I assume, given out. 
Um, and at the end of the day, you could have four majors, mm-hmm. you could have Ryder Cups coming out your arse, but there might be only one player in the world who has a gold medal at the Olympics for golf, and that's that's something to be proud of as well. You it's know, a cool so thing. It's, it's a shame that they're not quite seem to be catching fire that it, it, it not, possibly should. Not to try get into the healthcare side of things. Do do you think the Zika virus is a genuine concern for some of these guys, or are they using it as a a, a good excuse? I'm, I'm no I'm no medic, but I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure the Zika virus is only a worry if you're a pregnant woman. Um, so well, <laughs> guys can contract it and hang on to it for six months and pass it I don't on. Think so that mean, I, I, but I don't think using this, do you think they're using it as a scapegoat or well, sure, nobody's issues, come out and said the reason I'm not going is, is because X. of this, that, and the other. They're just saying we're not going. Mm. It's, um, like if 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 they if that was the excuse, just come out and say it's the excuse. If they don't want to play because they just couldn't be arsed going to Rio for for a couple of weeks, or they're saying, look, my focus is on the majors. This is not a major in my head. I would put it at the same level as the players. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be a major, but it, it's once off every four years and perha- perhaps only once off for the next 45 years. Well, depend- yeah, based you know, on how yeah. how many big names are dropping out. I mean, like you said, it is a player's. It will be one that will be remembered regardless of whether some of the big names miss it or not. Uh, let's talk it'll about... It'll be interesting to see it go, go and how it goes down in the Olympics. Let's talk about a couple of other very quick stories. Oakmont has uh, been titillizing everybody with the idea that the par 3-8 hopefully and may reach the 300 yards again for the US Open. This is similar to what they did at the 2007 US Open when it did stretch to 300 yards. And I suppose for these guys, you know, even at 300 yards, it's it's still very, very manageable. It's like three it's, wood for a lot of the big um, hitters. So, like, it, it's also, you know, if, if if it's not three wood for them, it's going to be an interesting up and down. And I think it's a great idea, you know. It's a unique challenge, and that's what the US Open specializes in, presenting a different challenge to the guys. And I think it's a good idea. I mean, if you look at the hole, it's not completely unfair. It's got a big, wide open entrance with you know nothing you know there's a landing area short of the green it's very wide it's the biggest green on the course or, or thereabouts so there'll be plenty of ways to play it in there and the distance that they play that hole will all depend on the condition of the course obviously if the course is playing firm and fast 300 yards you may as well be calling it you know a 230 240 yard hole because of rollout so it would be interesting to see at the end of the week where if if it does go to 300 and you know they will move the tees up and down i i assume over the course of the week it would be interesting to see what where it ranks in the mm. the, the hardest holes over f- the weekend fifth hardest the last time they were uh, there at the US Open now it was interesting that only just over a quarter of the field hit the green in regulation so and it was um what was it half a stroke above par, nearly a half a stroke above par? So look, it's U.S. Open, never easy. So you know, the, you just got to play what's in front of you, and if that's what's there, then that's what's there. Well, let's talk about people who are going to be playing what's in front of them. And Rory McIlroy has decided that he's not going to partake at the WGC Bridgestone that will be taking place on the weekend of the June thirtieth to July third. He has, however, decided that he is going to play in the Europeans' oldest championship which is the 100th anniversary of the French Open. And uh, this is being played at the Ligue Golf Nationale in Paris, and it's the site of the 2018 Ryder Cup. Obviously, he uh, has made a very interesting point on the European Tour website this week that says it's a great test of golf, 
And I think playing there as well as staying in Europe will offer the best conditions to prepare for the Open at Troon. So it's interesting to see he's uh, kind of plotting a bit like perhaps with the Masters and dropping out of the par three. This is a man who's very much focused on how do I plot through my season to maximise the opportunities to start adding more majors to his uh, to his cabinet? What's my best preparation for that tournament? And yeah. playing a Lynx golf course and staying local in Europe is his plan this year. It also it also obviously suits him because it's a it's it's another tick in the right direction. It's a Ryder Cup year. He's gone to you know points. It's also not a bad idea for the fact that it's the uh, the twenty eighteen Ryder Cup venue. So there's a lot of positives for him. Um, I'm sure behind the scenes there's been a lot of, you know, if you play my event, I'll play your event and so on. So there may be a bit of that as well. But hey, whatever great. it is, you know, it, it's it's not bad. It also gets them a tick out of the four, I think, that they need mm. to retain their European tour card. It's, so it's, and, when, um, and the Irish Open, there's another one. So look, it's absolutely brilliant for the European tour that he has prioritised this over WGC. It's and it might drag a few more big names across as well. Then. Well, I think yeah, I think uh, it, it it probably also, and this might be controversial, but it also probably shows that the WGC isn't necessarily right at the top. It, like it's not now the master. Yeah, sorry, the the majors kind of and Ryder Cup, and then underneath that the WGCs and the Players Championship. People are now saying actually like, and I think the WGC heading off to the likes of China wasn't a great idea because I think. It, again, it's one that people will miss and skip and not be arsed with. But um, it, it's interesting to, to have a look at. It, it adds more weight to the what I love, the idea of the Lynx season in Europe. And I, I will help kind of promote that as well, especially when Rory's talking about it being a Lynx, like as close to a Lynx course as you can get in the, you know, in the middle of Paris. So, you know, it's just another step towards having that Lynx swings, you know, or Lynx part of the season in Europe, which which builds up to the, uh, the Open Championships. I just think it's great, you know, to see that style of golf because we see so many, so much US style of golf all well, year round. So it's, it's great to see the, the style of golf we, we're so familiar with. Before we move off, Lynx, and I agree with you on that, um, the RNA have announced on Tuesday that David Lancaster is going to be the new official starter of the Open Championship taking over from Ivor Robson who retired last year after more than 40 years in the position. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he becomes and has the voice that kind of matches. It's going to be a very large uh, set of shoes to fill from Ivor, but uh, we wish David Lancaster the very best with that. Um, Swinging slightly back to to, to, um, Roy McIlroy, he missed out on what looked like an absolute blast of a holiday uh, with Ricky Fowler, Jordan Speed, Justin Thomas and Smiley Kaufman all off um, shirtless, shoeless and playing golf full of, pretty well boozed up full of they were smashed uh, I thought it was hilarious I Ooh, thought from start to finish I, I pointed this out to you last week and in fact I have to give a shout out to my wife because my wife actually saw this before I did because seemingly she tells me she follows Ricky Fowler on Snapchat for anybody who knows what Snapchat is, congratulations at Podcast GTS. But she was showing it to me, and seemingly Ricky Fowler is hilarious on it. He just puts up the most ridiculous, funny, and outrageous things. And this was just superb. You know, they 
I thought the best bits were when they were taking the piss out of Jordan Spieth melting down over the, the Masters. I thought, you know, if his if his ego is in any way fragile, it's being annihilated right now by these guys. But that's the best way to deal with it, isn't it? Make a joke out of it, you know, because otherwise it's just sad, which it was. But, you know, at least it shows they're good mates and they're, they're poking fun at each other and that's what good mates do. Yeah, it was good to see that uh, then Rory tweeted to say, you know, he tweeted the message. Uh, mm-hmm. that said something along the lines of you know do you want to come and he was like oh really should have gone now that I've seen all the... interesting I think that the, the, the message before was quite some time before they obviously don't uh, text. text each other too often maybe they use whatsapp maybe maybe yeah. what, well, you can tell me what that is later um, I suppose Shane Lowry getting married congratulations to him and his wife we wish him all the very best um, they got married in New York straight after the Masters and uh, other than that, Wesley Bryan, sorry, uh, Barry, you want to uh, yeah, well, mention Wesley Bryan? Most people would be familiar with the Bryan brothers, like the probably some of the most well-known trick golf trick shot artists out on the uh, the internet. So Wesley joined the Web.com tour um, six events ago and decided he didn't want to wait around too long to earn his PJ Tour card. So he's won two of his last three events on the Web.com tour, including the El Bosque Mexico Championship last weekend. Um, he had the didn't have his brother on his bag as he usually does. He had the Callaway social media manager on his bag, and uh, the two of them went all the way to the win. He shot a sixty-seven final round, and that's locked up his PGA Tour card for next year. So we'll be seeing him on tour, and hopefully, you know, PGA Tour will pick up on it and use his trick shot skills to put up a few more cool videos. Yeah, and uh, or it'd be good to see him up at the top of the leaderboard as well. You know, absolutely. You know, yeah. even goofing around at something can lead to uh, a good success, ultimately. Well, perhaps look at, out for him after the um, the FedEx Cup finishes, because there's a tendency that the Web.com guys yeah. tend to have a, a, a good start to the season when a few of the bigger names perhaps uh, take a few weeks off. Let's look back very briefly. A couple of weeks ago, the lot championship presented by Hershey was on the LPGA Tour. It was played over the 6,383-yard par 72 out in Hawaii and Mingji Lee won by one shot and uh, she shot a bogey free 64 in the final round to come from five shots behind uh, the leading pack entering the final day so congratulations to Miss Lee uh, the Open de España was hosted by Sergio Garcia's foundation it was played over the 6,991 yard par 71 in Valderrama in Spain and Andrew Beef Johnston Played a very composed final round of one under to win by one stroke from Zeus Lowton on the extremely difficult Valderrama golf course. And I suppose uh, it debunks my belief that people who are named people or, you know, that are hosting the event play badly over the course of the week because Sergio Garcia shot a superb 67 to finish within two sh- uh, two strokes of the winning score plus one. It was a, a very tough week down there what a golf course Valderrama is what an absolute just wonder to watch and it just shows golf courses don't have to be long to be extremely challenging nobody beat par there for the week and was far from extremely difficult conditions like the wind can be much stronger there so um, really really great to see I really enjoyed watching that yeah, it's 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 great. Uh, you'll have to wait a while before you get to see it again. The RBC Heritage was played over the 7,099-yard par 71 at Harbortown Golf Links in Hilton Head in South Carolina, one of Barry's all-time favourite golf courses. And 
Uh, Brandon Grace from South Africa won his first PGA Tour title winning by two shots from Russell Knox and Luke Donald. And uh, I think it was only ever a matter of time that Brandon Grace was going to break through and win over in the US. Mm. Did you um, bet on Russell? I didn't know. Ooh, that's uh, not like you. Well, you know, once he got over the line, I just assumed he wouldn't do it again. <laughs> um, uh, I suppose one-hit uh, wonder. Well, uh, I wouldn't say one-hit wonder, but it took him a long time to hit the one. Uh, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, I suppose, was was also quite the uh, story that week, who was finished tied for fourth in his first ever event as a pro pocketing around a quarter of a million dollars, which is pretty nice. You can probably go and buy a new set of golf clubs now that are all different sizes if he wants. Oh, he got sponsored by Cobra. <laughs> he did, yeah. He was a millionaire before he struck a golf ball as a pro. Oh, that's nice. I know. We're going to do that, right? Uh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, if, <laughs> if, if that's what you believe. Um, the Last week then, just I suppose bringing it up slightly, and the LPGA was the swinging skirts. Uh, LPGA Classic was played over the 6,507-yard par 72 in San Francisco in California. And uh, now that's going to stump me. Nomura. Nomura. Nomura wins comfortably by four shots from Leanne Pace. And um, I suppose there was a couple of other guys uh, further shot back. Only 10 players broke par over the course of the four days with the cut landing at plus five on a very tough scoring week for the ladies. Crack. There's no way there was a couple of guys in that field. There was a couple hey, of girls yeah, further I knew back. you'd say that. Yeah, uh, Jarena Pillar and uh, Nyon Choi were shot further back. So let's let's turn our attention, I suppose, over to China. And this was a, a, a tough event to watch, particularly because it was so stop-start. But it was the uh, Shenzhen International in China... It was played over the 7,145-yard part 72. And uh, So Min Lee won by two strokes from, again, Joss Luton and Brandon Stone in a heavy weather-affected event. I'm going to be very honest. Other than keeping an eye on what was going on with Paul Dunn, I knew not what was going on in this event. Like you said, this was it's tough enough to keep up to watching a little bit of the events out in Asia when you have the schedule times and you think it's going to be shown at this time, you go watch them this time, or you get up in the morning and watch a bit. But when it's stopped, start because of the weather like this was, it's incredibly difficult to do so. So I, I like you, I only caught, I actually, I got a little bit more, you got some highlights and um, bits and pieces, including the thing that went pretty crazy on Twitter. Did you see this? Uh, I had seen it because it was on Twitter and yeah. there was a lot of uh, conversation about it, but uh, inform the listeners for people who didn't uh, track this story. Well, I'm going to try to say this without judgment. Um, they were playing lift clean in place on the final day. Sumin Lee was on the fairway, marked his ball, lifted his ball, cleaned it. Before he went to place his ball back, he patted the ground with a few steps, I'd say is probably the way to phrase it. He stood on the ground a few times where his ball was being placed back down and placed his ball down and wasn't given a penalty. Now, can I ask, do you think that he was just questioning whether or not there was water on that part and whether or not it was counting as waterlogged? That's definitely what his lawyer would advise him Um, to say. But I I agree with you. I thought it was a very odd decision. I I think there's been a few... Very odd moments over the last number of weeks when it comes to to rules, 
because uh, we've we've had the Jordan Spieth moment at the Masters over the sprinkler head, mm. where I think we both agree that there was no way that where he was dropping that ball, there was ever going to be a problem with the follow through mm-hmm. through that sprinkler head. And um, you would have believed that he was trying to pinch an inch. I, I wasn't quite convinced by that. Well, I, just to I, get another drop, so he came um, away from the the. Cut. The divide of the fairway and the rough cut to so um, get the ball away from us, but that was my thought. Anyway, we had a very strange then the previous week where with the embedded ball mm-hmm. situation, and um, so it's been a few odd moments over the last while. And then there was, uh, and I should have checked this before I went down this road, but there was also an incident uh, where the guy last weekend, I think, on the America, he got a he got a uh, uh, he was able to pick the ball up to check it was embedded. And the problem was that he actually put his whole hand on it and hence was seen as cleaning it. Um, yeah. But again, you know, there's a, there's a few very odd decisions by the pros and they're ultimately the ones who should know best. Mm-hmm. I, this, th- I think the strangest thing about this is like, players can make brain farts in the middle of tournaments. You're in an intense situation. You can just switch off. You can lose that natural kind of flow of I should be doing this or the natural flow of I do this all the time. So it's understand it, it can happen. He could have thought he was on a tee box for whatever reason. You know, it can happen. The strangest thing about all of this was that John Paramore, head chief referee on the European Tour, said he didn't see anything wrong with it. And, and that, you know, give me an explanation on that because to me that looks like he's improving his lie. Well, look, I, I I'm not going to I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you, Barry. And yeah. um, maybe if John Paramore is listening at Podcast GTS, he can give us an explanation to it. But I, it was it was certainly odd. Um, but look, in any event, Lee is the winner, and uh, he won by two strokes. Uh, it was a good finish. Like he finished out well to do it. He's been bo- he has been building momentum the last few weeks on um, on the you know on tour, and it's a cool thing actually. If you're if anyone. In any of our listeners are on the golf betting system group. They'll know an Irish guy, Kenneth Quillanan. He's a golf journalist. And he's based out in Asia. He did, he caddied for a couple of events for Suman Lee, so he's always posting about him. So it's cool to kind of see the build and story building. Yeah, I'd say so. And so it's um, in. So it was a very the, very good win, and we'll see a bit more of him. I suppose just two points. Uh, Juice Luton certainly a man in form. And certainly somebody to keep an eye out to, to, to break through over the next couple of weeks. And uh, Alexander uh, Levey, who you picked a few weeks ago, has not been doing too badly um, at the right end of the leaderboard. So again, a couple of players that people just keeping an eye on those guys who are just bubbling a little bit underneath that haven't quite broke through. But, you know, you're seeing on a consistent basis kind of finishing top 10, top 15 and, and inching closer. I'd say they're both seriously gagging to get that win before the, the hot streak of form ends, you know, because those hot streaks, they don't last forever. So, Well, look, let's talk about somebody who did get their first win on tour, and that was um, Charlie Hoffman at the Valero Texas Open, which was played over the 7,435-yard par 72 at the TPC San Antonio Oaks course in Texas. And uh, Charlie Hoffman won by a shot at minus 12. Uh, backing up him was Patrick Reed, Chad Collins, Kevin Chappell, Ryan Palmer, Martin Piller, Billy Horschel, Ricky Barnes, Brandon Grace again, top 10, and uh, Harold Varner, the third, basically rounding out the, the kind of the top 10 with a couple of extras. But um, just a quick correction, just because we're not complete and other idiots here. Uh, Hoffman's won a few times on tour. 
Was that my notes were wrong? Uh, no, we, no. We, will, we will, we'll check it. But uh, in any event, uh, he has got over the line and uh, it was a superb finish by him to get out of the bunker on 18 and get up and down. Um, his, his putter was awesome on the final stretch, wasn't it? Um, it was, it just, it was all, all going. And he, uh, he certainly, he was a guy who you could see the release at the end. I don't know. I wouldn't have wanted to stand too close to that punch because I tell you, that would, that would knock the head off you. No, like, I mean, the, the wobbles were there big time coming down the stretch on Sunday. He had, uh, the second worst, uh, final round scoring ranking on the, on the, on tour until this Sunday when he actually, you know, had it finished off with his good round. But, the wobble, the Sunday wobbles were there really bad. Like the chunk, you keep the chunked lob wedge on was it sixteen? Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm also yeah, sorry. Yeah, he it was the first time in 2016 that he got over mm. the line. Sorry, he uh, he did win last year in 2015, and then it was five years previously in 2010 he won one, and in 2007 he won one. So. It was his fourth event uh, that he had won on tour, but so, it, uh, so many it had Sunday been a long while. Yeah, yeah, it had been a long while coming. I'd say it um, felt a lot longer than the year as well, with all the chances he's given himself in over the last while. I'd say everything was kind of amplified and multiplied a bit. But the uh, the putter was great. You know, held a couple of really really clutch putts down the stretch. Uh, no more so than the one on eighteen after Patrick Reed gave himself that tap in birdie and. He's very to lucky to get it out of the bunker. Oh yeah, you oh, know, yeah. like you know, fortune favored the brave. I, I was, I was watching it with my wife, and I said to Camilla, you know, when when he just got it out, I said he's going to hold that. Mm. I said, I just, you know, any other day, if it's not your, if it's not your tournament, that stays in the bunker. You know, when you hit it that, you know, with that much sand behind it, yeah, I was saying like he was lucky to to get it where it was, and I said. He's 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 gonna hold it. He didn't want to hit that thin at all, or catch it clean and flush it. Like so, he was playing the safe chunky shot, and a bit of nerves got in. He yeah, played not it sure very he was playing chunky. That, that no, safe. <laughs> no, but like great, really great putting stroke under the highest pressure because Patrick Reed was playing those last few holes superbly well, giving himself maximum like great chances at birdie he missed two short ones on was 15 16 or 16 17 yeah. so um he had but, a very close chance two more three more rolls and that ball was going into uh for the eagle was going in for the eagle as yeah. well that would have put some pressure on uh charlie hoffman so i don't think there's much more patrick reed could have done there to try to win that tournament like he hit brilliant shots down the stretch give him put him like obviously you could hold the putts but the putts always don't go in you know the the, the odds are against you once the ball's outside six foot. So, uh, it, it, look, if you keep playing like that and putting yourself in those positions, he's going to grab his, you know, he's going to grab another tournament win soon if he does that or performs like that next week or the week after. I, I, I just, I know this has nothing to do with this golf game, but I just, I find when Patrick Reed takes off that hat and there's just like the biggest white forehead to like tan underneath, it is just hilarious. It's like Stuart Sink. Yeah, but like at least that's a bald head. Like it's just what well, it's like. It, the eyebrows are like the line of between tan, pure white. <laughs> it uh, it must look really weird. Like I wonder if he just wears a baseball cap the whole time in life. Because I'm not sure I go to the supermarket with that. They'd be looking at you like an idiot. <laughs> They'd be like, what, what's this lad here? Two-tone face man coming in. Uh, oh, the white, and the white hand. From and the, the white glove, yeah. yeah. There you <laughs> <go>. White. <laughs> anyway, uh, look, uh, congratulations to Charlie Hoffman. It was uh, 
it was a good event and a uh, few other like again Brandon Grace you know followed up last week's uh, win with a not too shabby top 10 albeit these guys were slight auto runs and also runs um, it was really just that the top three were battling it out come the end um, Luke Donald another another decent week for him tied 13th uh, 7 under do you know it was interesting the comments he was saying obviously he was getting a bit more airtime this week and he was saying that he was getting to a stage where he was contemplating giving up the game it, it, he was feeling that low about where and this is a former world number one somebody who clearly knew and still knows how to play golf but just couldn't find it well another guy who knows, does does still have a game and that's Porrick Harrington who gave him a great chance over the uh, over the final round but unfortunately it just slipped away with a 74 on Sunday but uh, tied 25th so not a bad round for Porrick which uh, it's always nice to see I like I like seeing Porrick do, do well mm. you know um, just unfortunately it wasn't his week he just went the wrong way on Sunday every bogey he makes just hurts so much more than a bogey of another player you support you know, because you're just you're like oh god damn it so um, I suppose it just shows how much we love the guy and we want him to do well so look it was uh, an interesting week um, a few of the big guys are, are on, on route back but let's have a look at next week's tournaments and uh, the LPGA are playing the Volunteers of America Texas Shootout it's going to be played over the 6,462-yard par 71 in Irving, Texas. And uh, Inby Park is defending champion. And probably not a bad shout if uh, if anybody's looking to bet on this event. Barry, I don't know if you have the... Um, Inby Park would stand a great chance of defending if she was actually playing the event. That's a really odd decision, isn't it? Uh, strange, right? It's not, uh, it's, not, it's not like the... Particularly the lady golfers, they have a tendency to to play their the the, the ones that they defend. But uh, anyway, sure. Without MB, the market is a little more open. The market leader is Inji Chun at seven to one. Brooke Henderson is nine to one. That's very short for her, isn't it? Um, Lexi Thompson ten to one. Seung Kim is fourteen to one, along with Stacey Lewis. Jarena Pillar, who's playing very well at the moment, is 20 to 1, as, hers, as is her husband, Martin Pillar, who had a great week in um, the Valero Texas Open. We have, an, uh, we have an answer. Yeah. Inby Park is not playing due to a left thumb injury that is uh, taking her out of the event this week. She will be not back uh, for a month, and she will be looking, yeah, so she'll be out for mm. a month. So there you are. Sorry about that. I yeah. All the best on her recovery. Um, who's there at 20 to 1 as well? Minji Lee, um, a recent winner as well. And Hugh Ju Kim, 20 to 1. Suzanne Pedersen, 22 to 1. And the rest of the field are 25 to 1 and out. Um, moving on to the European Tour. And the Volvo China Open is taking place at the 7,261 yard par 72 over the top win Golf and Country Club in Beijing in China. Okay, that's a cool course name. Top win. Yeah, well, I suppose if you're going to name one, you, you know, that's that's the way to do it. So the top win Golf and Country Club in Beijing is taking host of this. Uh, Ashun Wee uh, is the defending champion. And uh, is he even playing this week? Uh, the Yes, he is. Oh, thank God. Not, fan- not heavily fancy, though. He's 150 <laughs> to 1. Um, no surprise, Jo Slouten is market leader at 9 to 1. Bernd Wiesberger, playing very well recently, is 12 to 1. Alexander Levy, also on a bit of a hot streak, is 16 to 1. 
Um, pretty weak field. Uh, we're into Ross Fisher at 18 to 1, Tommy Fleetwood 25s, as is Alexander Naren and Thorbjorn Olsen. Su Min Lee's 28 to 1, 33 to 1 is Terrell Hatton and Scott Hend. Julian Kane is 35 to 1, and Jung Hung Wang is 35 to 1. Richie Ramsey, Peter Uline, Bradley Dredge, and Miko Illinen are 40 to 1. There is a bit of a dredge there, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. Come here, did you see Scott Hen's Albatross last week? No. No, very impressive. Par 5, obviously, not a par 4, but. Um, yeah, Barry, he, that's why we have you on the show. I, I know. For that insight into golf, that, de- that is why you're on this program. Details level of insight. Um, very cool. But he was on a real hot streak that day. An eagle, the, the albatross, a few birdies, put himself in a good spot. Didn't quite, obviously, didn't go on and kick on from there on the Sunday slash Monday when they, you know, the, the last round, ra- yeah, yeah, the last round was split in half. So, um, so, Moving on. Moving on to the Zurich Classic, uh, which is going to be played over the 7,099 yard par 71, and there is no name on my sheet here, Barry, so... uh, I bet he's a defending champion. No, I I can't tell you what course uh, that we're playing, because you never got that far on the agenda. It's New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans. So, uh, Jason Day is leading at 5-1, to one. Justin Rose 15-2. to two. I take these ones because I can read the names out. Good. Uh, Ricky Fowler 10-1, to one. Charlie Hoffman 18-1, to one. Billy Horschel 20-1, to one. Daniel Berger 25-1, to one. Smiley Kaufman after he sobered up 35-1, to one. Chris Kirk 35-1, to one. Charles Howell 45, Mark Leishman 45. Uh, and then everybody else is it's, it's, sorry, it's there, the Zurich so. Classic of New Orleans and it's a TPC Louisiana I'm sorry no that's alright I had a lot of tournaments to fill in and I obviously got, I got most right. of the way through it we know as the listeners do it's Ron Burgundy if it's not on my sheet <laughs> um, so look um, any idea of uh, you know again seven places is uh, is the the, the the betting on Paddy Power um, so a bit of Bit of chance for a few odds uh, to be go inter- down a bit. Interesting to see if Ricky Fowler and uh, Smiley Kaufman's holiday has them relaxed and hitting the ball well, or did they discover something while drunk swinging golf clubs? Well, I think it, you know what they, I think these guys need that every so often, and I think it's uh, it's it's a nice insight. The social media certainly adds that it it removes the staged ones that you get through their official this and their official mm. that it's just nice to see the lads just I am here having a nice holiday and yeah uh, yeah it's just sponsored location like that, but, wearing, um, your, wearing your headphones any, anybody standing out to you there Barry in terms of uh, anybody that you'd you know think about that you know Keegan Bradley down there at 80 to 1 Jamie Donaldson 80 to 1 um, Steve Stricker KJ Choi is you know Kind of once back, you start moving out I'm going to back Freddie Jacobson I like Freddie Jacobson kind of uh, yeah Freddie Jack and uh, I might stick with Russell Henley I've been backing him the last couple of weeks he just keeps uh, having a, bit, a few boo-boos too many so see if this is the week down Louis in uh, New Orleans where he chills out and yeah, puts it all together as I say have a look at the uh, some of the guys down the field like Stuart Appleby uh, 200 to 1 he, uh, he didn't do too badly last week as well so maybe they're Look, look towards that kind of middle section and uh, see if there's a few guys in the kind of the top 10, 15 from last week who are starting to show a little bit of form. And, you know, a big, big each way bet on a kind of a 200 to 1 isn't, isn't, isn't a bad go when there's seven, seven places. Always good to check out golf betting system uk to uh, get your tournament stats, you know, last year's stats and current tournament form. They also put up their own tips and 
have a cool predictor model as well. So if you kind of look at the attributes you think is going to be needed by the guys that week to go well, you plug those in and hit predict and it'll spit out the uh, the prediction list of players. So, so it's always a good one to check out. Yeah, so that brings us to the end of week 106 uh, of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf podcast. Um, Barry is going to do a very quick review of the Game Golf competition and how to get involved in it and to win the GMAT signed merchandise. Merchandise, yeah. So um, go to GameGolf.com, find our challenge. It's called A Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. Upload around. You don't need to own a Game Golf system to do this. You can use the app. Uh, on your phone uh, so that's kind of easy to do just yeah, type available button. for Android and iPhone exactly. so no excuse and once you've uploaded your round take a picture of it and send us a tweet to at podcastgts at gamegolf and hashtag golf all the instructions are there on the challenge page and you have until Monday to get that round posted up and tweeted to us and then you're in the draw to win the GMAC signed Game Golf Live system and, and GMAC signed shirt it doesn't have to be 18 holes. It could be nine holes. It could yep. be pitch and put. I've been looking through uh, some of the guys in our group and there's some really interesting courses. I was looking at one guy um, and he uh, he posted around from a kind of a really interesting kind of short part three, kind of par four course out in Austria. Cool. Um, you know, which looked really, really interesting. Uh, I love the way that you can look at the courses yeah. from, from kind of Google Maps or Bing Maps or whatever it's called. But... Uh, you know, it's really interesting to, to kind of see the different types of courses that people play around the world. So, you know, do get involved. Um, you know, they, they're great. Uh, they're great systems and they're certainly going to help your golf. Um, and it's also a bit of fun, which is yeah. the most important aspect. Of exactly. It. And it's not about the best score. It's just post a score, get it in. And if any of you have uploaded around already and haven't tweeted us, just go check. Make sure you've tweeted us because if you're not in, you can't win. And Barry is like the ninja on rules so if it hasn't been done you are not eligible so don't come afterwards wondering that you've done 90% of the things mm. you've got to do 100% of it to be eligible it's a brilliant system it's well worth getting a hold of so get your score up at podcast gts is the twitter handle a good talk spoiled at gmail.com you'll find us on the game golf uh, app under a good talk spoiled and um, thank you barry for li- all your input, uh, especially telling us what an albatross is on a par five. Hey, Joe, you know whole one is on a par five. Uh, yeah, it's. I was about to say a dodo bird, but it's it's, it's, it's it is now. <laughs> start that. It's, um, a, it's a. I think it's a condor. Yeah, so condor, say it's condor. It's, uh, something probably out of Game of Thrones. Uh, so look, everybody who's playing golf over the weekend, get it onto Gamebook, download the app. Put it on the uh, on the system and tweet us and do all the things that Barry has told you to do repeatedly. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the matches. Uh, if you're not playing, enjoy watching the golf. We'll be back next week with a full review of all of the tournaments and looking forward to the week after. Thanks a million. Bye-bye, <laughs> Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.